Welcome to the First Baptist Church Keller Sermon Podcast. Each week we make available sermons from Pastor Keith and our staff on our website, fbckeller.org. And on iTunes, search for FBC Keller Media in the iTunes Store. And now, our Associate Pastor to Families, Tony Richmond. Let's open to Luke chapter 8, and we'll be looking at three verses, Luke 8, 16 through 18 together, as we continue in our uh, verse-by-verse study together of the Gospel of Luke. Luke 8, starting in verse 16, let's read it together. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Now, if you grew up in like a small Baptist church in Kentucky like I did, and you read this passage of scripture, the little kid's song comes to your mind, this little light of mine. Remember that? We used to say, hide it under a bushel. No, exactly, so you all know the song. So yeah, this is where one of the passages where we get that song from. And certainly Jesus gets to the point in this passage where we should be the light. However, there's a more foundational truth that we can't skip over if we truly want to be the kind of people who transmit light for the glory of Christ. All throughout Scripture, the Bible uses imagery and illustrations to help us learn spiritual truths. For instance, in elementary school, you were taught about the five senses that you have that help you perceive the world around you. You have sight, you have smell, you have taste, you have touch, and you have sound. And so that's how we know about our world. That's how we learn about our world. And so because of that, because those things are so familiar to us, the scripture uses those illustrations as well. Let me just give you one for each sense so you understand what I'm saying. For sight, Second Chronicles 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. It's not as if God has actual eyes, but the truth is that God sees everything. Right for smell, we have 2 Corinthians 2.15 that says we are the aroma of Christ to God. So that when we live according to the will of Christ, that's like a pleasing smell that goes up to God. For taste, we have Psalm 34.8, which says taste and see that the Lord is good. For touch, we have that familiar passage In John chapter 20, after Jesus was raised from the dead and appeared to the disciples, Thomas wanted to touch him, right? And Jesus says, put your finger here and see 
my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. And so the word of God uses these illustrations. Well, today in our passage, we see two of those. We see sight and we see sound, hearing. The focal point of this passage is in verse 18 where Jesus gives us the command, take care then how you hear. Take care then how you hear. So the message, the title of the sermon today is listen closely. What Jesus is saying in this passage is listen closely. And we know Jesus used these parables In fact, last week, Brother Keith preached on one of the most famous of Jesus' parables, which was the parable of the good soils. Remember, you have the seed, and it falls on these different kind of soils, but only one type of soil, the good, fertile ground that was free from rocks and thorns, took the seed, and it grew, and it bare fruit. And so Jesus used these simple word pictures to illustrate a spiritual truth. However, he also used these parables to distinguish who were his true followers. Who were there who could hear these stories and take from them a spiritual truth. Look back in Luke chapter 8. Look in verses 9 and 10. Luke 8, 9, and 10, it says, When the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. So Jesus realized and purposely gave these parables so that only those who were able could hear them and discern a spiritual meaning from them. Let me give you one more illustration of this. Flip back in your Bible to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. We're going to start reading in verse 1. It says this, The Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. And he brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. He used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms. And it it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man. He was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he has no pity. And Nathan said to him, said to David, you are the man. See what Nathan did there? 
He gave David a little word picture. He gave David a story. But the point of the story was for David to find himself in the middle of the story and say, oh my, that's me, right? And this is the purpose of Jesus' parables, that often Jesus uses these parables to draw us into the story so that at the very end we can say, okay, how am I doing? How does this apply to my situation and in my life? Our ability to hear sound is really a testimony to the creativity of our, of our God. We have three tiny bones inside our inner ear that as I speak this morning and those sound waves come into your ear, those tiny bones vibrate. And one of them vibrates up against your eardrum that allows you to hear the sound of my voice or any sound. For those people who work in loud environments with jet engines or loud noises or folks that go hunting or shoot guns, you'll see them wearing ear protection because we know we've been told that once you lose that ability to hear, it can't be given back in a natural way. It doesn't come back without some other intervention. We've seen the videos online or maybe on the news of the little children who were born deaf. And through science and God's grace, they've been given this cochlear implant. And when they hear their mother's voice for the first time, their eyes light up. There's a smile on their face because now they can hear. The point that Jesus is making in this passage this morning is that regardless of our physical ability to hear sound, his followers listen to his word in a very distinct way. His followers listen to his word in a very distinct way. Aren't you all grateful for God's word? I mean, we have 66 books of God-inspired, God-breathed truth, full of authority, without error, that give us the story of who God is, what God is like, as it presents to us the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's been said that we are, we who are born again, are as close to God as we want to be. We who are born again are as close to God as we want to be because we have at our beck and call 24 hours per day the Word of God. The ability to open this Bible and hear from God as if God was standing before us speaking to us directly and in a physical way. So the question then is how often do we hear this? How often are we hearing God's Word? Well, of course, you're hearing it now. Maybe you have a time in the mornings 
that's a devotional time where you can open the Bible and read and take in God's Word. Maybe you listen to some podcast or you have a radio station that you listen to from time to time with sermons and that kind of thing. And so maybe you think, well, I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm hearing a lot of God's Word. But isn't there a difference between information coming into our ears and truly listening? I think this is what happens when I tell our children, you need to go upstairs and clean up your toys. And a few minutes later, I go up there and there are no toys being cleaned up. And what I may say to them, did you hear me when I said, go upstairs and clean up your toys? Now they could say, yeah, I heard you, right? But that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the kind of listening that translates into action, into obedience. And that's what Jesus is speaking of here. He's not just asking, how many sermons do you listen to? How many times are you reading the scripture? He's saying, are you actually listening to the word of God? One of the great things about studying like this verse by verse through a passage of Scripture is that we get to see the context of this passage. So we've, we who have been here have been studying this book and we've been seeing these things. And one important um, tip for Bible study is this. If you're studying a passage of Scripture and you see a word that's repeated over and over and over, that should clue you in as to what this section of Scripture is about. Let me show you this from this passage. Look in verse 8 of chapter 8. Luke 8, 8, at the end, he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So there's two hears there. Look in verse 10 at the end. So that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Look in verse 12. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes them away. In verse 13. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it. In verse 14. And as for those, and as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way. Then in verse 15, as for that in the good soil, they are those hearing the word, hold it fast and honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So we have this context of hear, hearing, hear, hear, and then Jesus transitions the illustration from the seed and the soils to a lit lamp. Now we know from verse 11 that the seed and the parable of the soils is the word of God. So now he's taken that, he's transitioned. Now the word of God is like a lamp that is lit. Now of course back in those days there, were, there was no electricity. So when you went into your home at night or you were walking along a path, you didn't have a flashlight or a light switch, 
They had these little clay lamps that were filled with oil. Often there was a floating wick in there that they would light. And that was their source of light that would expose dangerous things along the path that would illumine the darkness so that they could see. And so Jesus is using an illustration that was very um, known and familiar to these people. Uh, Some people say Jesus didn't have any kind of sense of humor, but you see it here. I mean, Jesus is being a little bit sarcastic. He says, no one, in verse 16, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. You don't take a light and put it under your bed. You put it on a table so that it shines throughout the room and exposes those things. And so he says that. He says that the Word of God is like a lamp. The Word of God is given to change us. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So God's word is given to us to light up our life, to expose the darkness of sin so that we can repent, to show us the way in which we are to live in a Christ-like manner. Romans chapter 10 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So the word of God is given, is given to expose the darkness and illuminate the path. God's word is also given to us to produce light. The word is not given so that we will know information that other people don't know. So we, we don't receive the Word of God to win arguments with people. We don't receive the Word of God into our life to be some puffed up, arrogant, know-it-alls. We receive the Word of God in our life so that we can be changed, so that we can be changed the way we think, the way we live, so that we can bear witness. This week I heard... Um, Oprah, she's promoting some new movie that she's in. And this little girl asked her the question about how she should go through her life or, you know, one of those things. Here was Oprah's response to this little girl. Every one of us has an internal guidance system, a GPS, if you will. And if you follow that, you will be led to the highest good for you always. Brothers and sisters, that is a lie from Satan. If we follow what's inside of us, we will be led to destruction and to damnation and to judgment from God. What we need to be following is his GPS, his guidance system, the word of God. That is what Jesus is saying here. We have a deep need for the truth of this to fall on fertile soil in our lives and produce the fruit of Christ-like living within us. I don't imagine that there's 
a single believer here this morning who would say, I, I want to be a failure in the eyes of God. You're probably here today because you have a desire to do something that really matters, to be a part of building the kingdom of God, to be a part of being used by God. But maybe we've jumped to step two and neglected step one. We want to be transmitters of light. We want to be like that little children's song that says, I'm not going to hide this light. But we fail to understand how is this light lit in the first place. It's lit by listening closely to the Word of God. The light of God, the light of Christ, has to come into our lives before we can be a transmitter of that light. That's what Jesus is saying. The light comes. We don't put it under a bed. We don't put it under a jar. We put it on a stand in our lives so that it exposes sin and exposes wrong actions and thoughts and attitudes and shows us the right attitudes and actions and motives. Looking at the end of, or look in verse 17. Jesus says, For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. This is almost certainly a reference of Jesus to the coming judgment of God. And here's what Jesus is saying either you can receive the Word of God, the light of God, into your life right now to expose that darkness so you can repent and turn back to God, or one day you will stand before God Himself, and at that point, all things will be exposed. At that point, Jesus says, nothing will be hidden. And so Jesus is imploring us, listen now. Receive the Word of God now into our lives so that it can change us and grow us into followers of Christ. Then he gets to the point. He's given the illustration. Then in verse 18, he says it. Take care then how you hear. Jesus says, so, so listen closely. Receive God's Word. What does it mean to listen closely to God's Word? What does it mean to receive it in? Well, it means not only to hear it with our ears, but to hear it with our soul. And then to obey it. To live in accordance with it. Look back in verse 15 of chapter 8. He says, as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, look at this, hold it fast and honest in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So if they really heard it, like Jesus was asking them to really hear it, then what happens is it bears fruit. Skip forward to verse 21. Jesus, it says, but he answered them and he said, my mother and my brother are those who hear the word of God and do it. How we listen closely is by receiving it and then applying it 
to our lives. Hearing then involves a surrender of self-reliance and a full submission to God and His Word. As we sit here this morning and hear the Word of God with our ears, we have a choice to make in our spirit. Are we going to receive this as a life-giving source of spiritual fruit or as a word that's probably for somebody else, but I'm already good with all of these things? Listen closely, Jesus said. Look at the end of verse 18. He says, For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Think about this in terms of exercise or lifting weights. At first, the 25-pounders feel pretty heavy. When you first start working out and maybe you have those 25-pound dumbbells, but after you're disciplined and you stick with it, you're ready to move up to the 30-pound weights. And then the 35-pound weights. That's what Jesus is saying here happens when we open our spirit to the Word of God. As we listen closely and apply what we already know and what we are already hearing, He will increase our capacity to love His Word and to apply His Word in an even deeper way. Jesus said it, in a similar way in another part of his teaching in Matthew chapter 5. He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's it. As we listen closely, we develop a spiritual hunger and thirst for more of God's Word in our life. Not just more sermons, not just more Bible studies, but more of God's were to change who we are, to transform our lives. The other side of that is that if we neglect God's Word, we are proving ourselves to be the kind of soil that is hard, that is rocky or thorny, and doesn't bear true fruit. Brothers and sisters, we cannot buy into the notion that we can live however we want, do whatever we want, pay little attention to the Bible, not believe it, not practice it, and somehow or another convince ourselves that all is well with our soul. Jesus is saying, if you have ears to hear, hear it. Jesus is saying, if you have ears to hear, listen closely. Pay careful attention to His Word that it may transform our lives. Now the practical application for this is fairly obvious. Right? Are we understanding the Scriptures? Are we believing them? Are we living them? Are we listening closely to them? But I have two pointed applications I want to give this morning. The first is this to parents. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 says that Timothy that Timothy from childhood 
had been acquainted with the sacred scriptures. Moms and dads, are we teaching our kids the Word of God? Are we showing them what's most important? Are we feeding them the truth of His Word? Don't miss this, parents. We tell our kids, get good grades. Play a sport. Practice this instrument. Go to college. Get an education. Be successful. Get a good degree. Get a job. Make a good living. We spend hundreds and thousands of dollars running our kids all over the place to this practice, to that recital, to this event. When they have the SAT to take, we say, you need a good night's rest. You need some good nutrition because this is a big test in your life. Our kids see that intentionality with the things of the world and they see us sit in front of God's Word half falling asleep from boredom and then we wonder why our kids are walking away from the church. Brothers and sisters, moms and dads, may we show our kids this is what's most important. Living in accordance with the truth of God's word is the most important thing in our life, period. Dads, would we rather teach our sons to swing a club or to swing a bat than to study the Bible? If we would, then we're missing the point. If we, if you moms would rather teach your daughters to dress and wear makeup and find deals at stores than to submit to the will of God, you are missing the point. And if we're not careful, one day our kids are going to look back at what mom and dad showed them was most important and be left with empty hands before God because none of that other stuff really matters. What matters is living in accordance with this. Pointed application number two. Some of us have heard thousands, hundreds of sermons, Bible studies, podcasts. We are listening with our ears to the Word. Here's the question for you. What actions or fruit are being produced in your life right now as a result of God's Word? In what way is God's Word continuing to be a light in your life that exposes those dark corners and leads to repentance and faith? Here's our closing illustration. Heard the story of this country pastor preaching on this uh, text this morning. And he was pretty passionate about it, I guess, sort of like you can hear I am. And uh, he started impersonating God to his people. And he said this, Well, I've trusted you all so long with my Bible, and yet you've slighted it. It lies in such and such houses, all covered with dust and cobwebs. Do you not care to listen to it? Do you use my Bible so? Well, you shall have my Bible no longer. So the pastor went down the first pew, 
grabbed his Bible, walked out the middle aisle. Just as he's at the back door, about to walk out of the sanctuary, he falls down to his knees. And he begins impersonating the people, speaking back to God. And he says, Lord, whatever you do to us, please do not take your word from us. Take our children, take our houses, take our possessions. Only spare us your Bible. Do not take away your Bible. And then he turned again and impersonating God to the people with tears in his eyes, he said, say you so. Well, I'll try you a little while longer. Here's my Bible for you. I will see how you listen to it how you use it, whether you love it more, observe it more, practice it more, and live more according to it. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful for your word. And as this illustration showed, it would be better for us to lose everything materially even what most of us would say is most important, our family, than to lose your word, than to lose your voice speaking into us as a lamp in our life that exposes and leads. So God, we pause now, we say, forgive us. We come to you with the heart of repentance and contrition because we have neglected your word. Lord, there have been times where your word has been preached or spoken and we've been thinking about hundreds of other things than the truth of who you are and how you want to change us. So Father, forgive us of that. And Lord, we would pray that moving forward that we would be the kind of listeners to your word that would be transformed by its power that we may then go and be a light, be the light of the world. Like Jesus said, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Lord, we wanna be used by you. We know in order to do that, the light has to come into our lives and change us. We invite that even today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for listening to our broadcast. To learn more about First Baptist Church in Keller, Texas, or to hear more sermons by Pastor Keith and our staff, visit us online at fbckeller.org.